Lots going on. If you came in the back door, you didn't see the new bookstore we created out here. So uh, that's uh, all for Ken Ham coming tonight. Doors open at 5. Uh, we suspect it's going to be a pretty uh, full house. So again, that's tonight at 6. In the West Hill country of Texas lived sheep ranchers Ira and Ann Yates. True story. And Ira and Ann Yates had purchased a sheep farm, a ranch, if you will, and they had fallen behind on the payments to the bank, and their mortgage was very close to being in default and getting taken away. At the time, the Yates were so pinched financially, they were forced to take state aid to keep food on the table. One day, a crew from an oil company stopped by the house and they asked permission to drill what they called a wildcat oil drill on Ira and Ann's ranch. At 1,115 feet, the crew struck a huge oil reserve. First week, that, that wildcat oil produced 80,000 barrels of oil. Uh, many additional wells were drilled, more than twice as large as that original one. 30 years after the first test, estimates are that one of the wells still had a flow of 125,000 barrels of oil per day. One day, Ira and Ann Yates were destitute, broke, in danger of losing their ranch on state aid. And the next day, the same couple on the same land were multimillionaires, wealthy beyond belief. The problem was, the day before, the Yates had no idea they lived atop a huge oil reserve. No clue, no clue. Even though they owned the land, they were unaware and ignorant of the riches that were already theirs, that they already owned. Most followers of Jesus today are living like Ira and like Ann before they hit oil. Most followers of Jesus Christ today were living as though we're weak and poor and, and we're destitute and we've got no power, we've got no access to power, we are on aid. We live as though uh, we're paupers. We live as though we're on welfare and food stamps, even though we're children of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Why is that? Listen close. It's because most Christians are unaware and ignorant of the riches and the power and the fruit that's available through Jesus and the power of his spirit living just below the surface. Just like Ira and Ann Yates, the power and the fruit reserve are waiting, waiting to be tapped into waiting to be drilled down into, and that's the reason why we're having 12 weeks of don't be afraid of the ghost. Because most of us here today, 
we either don't get it, we don't understand it, or we don't understand it enough yet to actually start acting upon it. Challenge? (laughs) Those of us who know Jesus personally is to begin tapping in to the power of the Holy Spirit. To begin taking hold of the power and the fruit and the life that Jesus says, it's yours for the taking. I've given it to you. You're going to take advantage or are you just going to keep living on as though you're a pauper, as though you're destitute, as though you're desperate and without anything or anybody as the King of kings and Lord of lords in your life. This is week number four in our series, Don't Be Afraid of the Ghost. And today we're going to examine the really deep, but yet, I would argue, rich and clear words of Jesus Christ the night before he went to the cross. Okay, so understand the setting. Tomorrow, when Jesus said this, he's going to go to the cross for you and me. Now, last week, we looked at the dynamic duo that are gifts to us from the Lord. And the dynamic duo are the power of the Holy Spirit and the the power of God's Word. And when they come together in combination, that is a dynamic duo that comes available to us the moment we say yes to Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord. Now here's what I found to be true. Usually, most of us go to one direction or the other. Uh, Many of us here today, we're truth people. We're all about God's word. We're about let's study, let's focus on the book, let's get into truth. And that's a really good thing, right? On the other extreme, there are people who would be, I would say, spirit people. And they're all about the Holy Spirit, and they're all about chasing after experiences and, and enjoying and appreciating the power of the Holy Spirit. And that's a good thing too. The problem is on this side, you only got half of the the power. You only got one member of the dynamic duo. And and the problem with the truth people, the Bible people, you only got half of the power and half of the riches that's available to us. And and we said last week, the secret is, is to put the two of them together. Take the solid foundation of God's book, the Bible, and couple it with regular daily getting filled and controlled by the Holy Spirit. And that's what happened on the day of Pentecost. On the day of Pentecost, 120 people were filled and empowered with the Holy Spirit. And Jesus had already laid the foundation of of his words, and, and we would say of the book. So that dynamic combination turned the Roman world upside down for Jesus Christ. My prayer, my hope, and I hope you'll be praying and uh, joining me in this, let's keep asking and seeking and knocking. Wouldn't it be incredible if 120 people, just like the upper room, if 120 of us from here and at the East Jordan campus would catch a hold of this concept and not just understand it but start daily putting it into practice? Can Can I say something? We'll turn northern Michigan upside down for the cause of Christ. Uh, But uh, it's the same spirit, it's the same power, it's the same capacity that they had on the day of Pentecost. Um, 
Turn with me in your Bibles. John chapter 15 is where we're going to be this morning. This is a passage we looked at five and a half years ago. I think it's time to revisit it once again. Would you stand with me if you're able? Uh, John chapter 15, we'll read the first eight verses out loud together. Are you ready? Balcony, you ready? Okay, here we go. This is God's word. Let's read it together. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. I am the true vine, and my Father is the gardener. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me, and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Remain in me, as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. If you do not remain in me, you're like a branch that's thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you remain in me, and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory, that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. Let's pray. Lord, thanks for making yourself clear in your book. And uh, now would you help us to think clearly even now. And I'm asking, Lord, that these verses might come alive today in your church. Would you like a little fire in us today? Would you bring a little holy passion to your church? Lord, I pray that none of us would be satisfied with lukewarm, ordinary, apathetic Christianity. Lord, would you make us wholly dissatisfied with anything like that and just light a fire in our hearts and our minds and our souls. I want to pray for those who are here today who quite honestly are tired and weary and overwhelmed with life. I know for a fact, Lord, there are some my friends here and the troubles and the challenges and the pain of life seem like they're overwhelming and destroying. Lord, as we wait on you, even right now, would you recharge batteries, <laughs> spiritually speaking? Would you refill our spiritual tanks? And finally, Lord, if there are any walls or barriers between us and your son right now, and Lord, we realize that when we sin, we erect walls and barriers that prevents fellowship and connection with you. So if there's anything we've participated in, any sin we've been involved in, in our mind, thought, in our words, in our actions, would you point it out right now? Anything that we've not yet dealt with and taken to the cross and confessed? Point that out right now, Lord. Convict us of that sin. And as you're making things clear, Lord, we choose not to just continuing to lay 
and ignore and excuse and blame what you're making clear. We're going to call it what you call it, and we're going to run to the cross. (laughs) And Lord, everyone who knows your son personally as Savior and Lord, their account has already been marked, paid in full (laughs) by the shed blood of the Lamb. That's awesome. But we want to draw on that account right now, Lord. We, We want to write the check of confession, and we're asking, Lord, as we agree with you and call what you're making clear to us sin, we're asking that you might wash and cleanse and purify us. Tear those walls and barriers down. We're ready to listen and ready to respond to what you have to say to us today, Lord. And all the church family at Walloon Lake said with one voice, you can be seated. These are some of the very last words of Jesus to his disciples. Um, And and typically when you get to last words, they're, they're something to be paid attention to. Jesus, in just a few minutes, is going to leave the upper room and go to the Garden of Gethsemane, uh, where Jesus will pray, and what will the disciples do? They'll fall asleep, right? Um, and in a few hours, Judas Iscariot is going to come and kiss Jesus and betray his Lord for some silver. And then he'll be arrested by the soldiers. That will lead to the scourging and the trials and Jesus on the cross between two thieves. That's going to happen tomorrow. This is the night before. And here's the deep, I would argue, but simple and clear truth that Jesus wants his 11 disciples to grab a hold of. These are like his last words. He'll say some things on the cross But but these are some of the very last words, for sure, of instruction to the 11 disciples. And I would argue these are some of the last words, most important words, that Jesus wants us to grab a hold of. That Jesus desires us to put into practice in our daily lives. John 15, 1, here we go. Jesus says, I am the true vine... And my father is the gardener. Now, just pause for a moment. Jesus Christ says, I am the true vine in this illustration. Similar to a tree, the trunk of a tree would be similar to the vine. Jesus is the one who uh, goes into the ground and goes into the dirt. And typically, the gardener would usually keep the vine at waist to chest high. Okay, so got the picture? Jesus is the trunk, or Jesus is the vine. And he explains, I'm the true vine, I'm the only real vine, and my father is, what does he call him here? He's the, the gardener. He's, he's the one who takes care of the field. We know the father actually is the owner of the field. So 
The Father, God the Father, is the gardener, the owner of the field, and the job, the goal of the gardener is to keep the vineyard healthy. That's the, that's the goal, and produce as many grapes as possible. Think with me now. The goal of the gardener is maximum fruit. Go back, look at verse 5. Jesus says, I am the vine, you, talking to the eleven, you, talking to the church at Walloon, you are the branches. So the branches in this illustration are disciples, followers of Jesus down throughout history. Those who are part of Christ's family, those who've said, yes, I believe, I receive by faith Jesus as Savior and Lord, those are the branches. So, so you got it? And the job, the duty, the responsibility of a branch is to what? What's it say here? You are the branches. Your duty is, got it, I put it up here. Here's the answer. You ready? Say it with me. Stay connected to the vine. Say it again. Stay connected to the vine. Because plants don't do well when the branches want to just drift away. <laughs> That's not a good thing for a branch. Stay in connection with the vine. And who is the vine again? Say it. You need to understand it. Who's the vine here? Jesus Christ, he's the vine, and our duty, our responsibility is to daily stay connected to the vine. Why? Well, if you want the life-giving nutrients, if you want the life-giving power, the sap that flows through the vine, then you're going to have to stay connected to the power source, right? If you don't stay connected to the power source, you're not going to be healthy. You're not going to produce any fruit. That only comes from the vine. And the vine has this power source flowing into our lives. Give me your eyes. Called the Holy Spirit. <laughs> you need to stay connected to the vine and the nutrients flow to us. The power, the fruitfulness flows to us through the Holy Spirit. Say it one last time. This is the key point here. We must, if we're going to produce fruit that lasts, fruit that makes a difference for today and eternity, the only way we can produce that fruit is if we stay connected to Jesus daily, the vine. Otherwise, nothing will happen in us that makes a lick of difference for eternity. Look at verse 5. Apart from me, Jesus says, you can do how much? Nothing. Nothing. Must stay connected to the vine. Our duty is to produce lasting fruit. Your role and mine is to stay connected to Jesus and produce in our lives through the power, the sap, the nutrients of the Holy Spirit, fruit that lasts, fruit that makes a difference. And the only way we can do that is by staying connected to Jesus, the vine, and his spirit. Now, why should that matter to us? Why should we care about that? 
Verse 8 gives us the reason. Because when the church is staying connected to Jesus and producing much fruit that lasts, fruit that makes a difference for eternity, the gardener gets glory. Tracking with me? So when we do it the way it's prescribed here in John 15, the father, the owner of the vineyard, the gardener of the vineyard, he gets glory and honor and praise when his vineyard produces much fruit. So the first reason we want to pay attention and actually get involved in making this happen in our lives because it brings honor and glory and praise to God the Father. And I hope you're to the point where that matters, where you realize, yeah, that's, that's a good thing. But he gives one more reason, okay? He says, I, I want you to bring glory and honor to the Father. And then verse 8 says one more thing, verse 8. This is my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. Let that soak in. And when you bear much fruit, you're showing yourselves to be my disciples. I just wonder how many of you sometimes struggle with, am I really a a Christian? Do I really belong to Jesus? Am I really going to go to heaven When I quit breathing, do I really belong to him? Look at verse 8. How can you know that you know that you belong to Jesus? One of the key ways is bearing much fruit. When you're bearing fruit by staying connected to Jesus and his Holy Spirit is producing lasting fruit in your life, that's evidence that you're one of the followers, the disciples of Jesus. So, so it helps us because it shows us, oh yeah, I belong to Jesus. How do I know that? I've got evidence to prove it. I've got fruit on the vine. The folks that walk through the Bible um, and they produced through, with their president at the time, Bruce Wilkinson, uh, Secret of the Vine, um, they did some surveying. And here's what they discovered from churches like ours. Track with me here, okay? They discovered that people in churches like ours uh, rate yourself one of these four fruit baskets and tell us honestly, and it was anonymous, which of these baskets best represents your life. Tracking? This is the no fruit basket. How many people would you guess said, I think that's me. I think, I think regularly, that's my life represented by zip, nada. Would you believe 60%? 60% of church-going people in churches like ours said, honestly, this is me. This is me. Um, then you move to the little fruit just, just a little fruit. Once in a while, I see uh, a grape or two squeak out. Um, uh, the little fruit basket, uh, 25% of people who were surveyed said, this is my life. This basket best represents my life. Now, just pause for a second. You got 60% and you've got 25%. 
Okay, you math wizards. How much do we have? We've got what? 85% of Christians uh, who go to church in churches like ours said, honestly, this is my life. (laughs) This is what represents my life best and most honestly. And we wonder... And we wonder why we're not turning our world upside down for Jesus. 85% of us are saying, yeah, either no fruit, 60%, or 25%, not very much, not very much. Okay, let's go over one more basket. Um, To the third basket, um, I'm going to call that more fruit, if you will. So you've got no fruit, little fruit, more fruit, 10%. Okay? So 10% said this represents. I, I see some, some good fruit on a regular basis. It's not overflowing, um, but, but I see this is my basket, okay? 60%, 25%, 10%, which leaves us how much for the final basket? Anybody? 5%. 5% of the folks surveyed said, uh, yeah, that, that's, that's my life. Um, and that's what I'm seeing right now. I'm seeing lots of fruit of the Lord working in my life. Um, just saying right now, think about it. Why have 85% got no or little fruit? And uh, why is it that the church in general, and this is strong percentages, why is it that most of us are either producing no or very little Fruit. Two major reasons I want to camp on. We're going to camp on one today, and we'll look at the second reason next Sunday. So you'll want to come back and find out the second reason. But the uh, first reason why 85% of churchgoers in churches like Walloon, why we're producing little or no fruit, track with me now, we believe it's God's job to work through us and to produce fruit. It's, if that's the Lord's job. He's the giver of the Holy Spirit. I've got no power. I, I've got no abilities on my own. So it's God's job. And, and just want you to know, I'm the clay, you're the potter. If you want to fashion me into something, if you want to produce some fruit, that'd be okay. I'm cool with that. But in the meantime, Lord, I'm just going to sit back and watch you work through me. Tracking with me? (laughs) The reason why we're not producing fruit, a key reason why 85% of us aren't involved in producing fruit, honoring and glorifying God the Father, proving to us evidence that we really belong to Jesus, is we've bought into a deception. And it's a little subtle If you're taking notes, write this down, because this is huge. We've thought, well, the fruit uh, is not on the vine. The fruit is where? Where does the fruit show up? Tell me. On the, oh, come on. This isn't hard. On the branches, yeah. Okay? So the fruit shows up on the branches, which is you and which is me. And the only way that fruit appears on our branches on you and me, is if we stay connected to Jesus Christ, the vine. That's the only way, according to John 15, 
that that's going to happen. We have to get connected and daily make it our priority to stay connected to the Holy Spirit, to the nutrients, to the power, to the life-giving sap to flow daily into my life so then I can produce fruit that makes a difference for all eternity. That's the only way you can do it. That's the only way I can do it. And the deception is this. We're passive. We're in neutral. We're just kind of saying, okay, Jesus, it'll be fun to watch you. If you want to do something in me, great. You work and I'll watch your power be displayed in me. I'm good. If you want to plant some good fruit in me, that'd be kind of fun. I'm open to you doing your stuff in me. That's not the way it works. <laughs> That's not the process that Jesus has put into effect in your life and mine. He says, no, no, it's the branch's responsibility to stay connected every day to the vine. And who's the vine? Jesus Christ, okay? Followers of Jesus, if you're going to be effective and move into these last two baskets, it's not passive. It's not laying there in neutral and saying, okay, do whatever you want. No, no, we have a responsibility to actively get connected every day to Jesus Christ. And then the next day, to actively stay connected to the vine. It's not passive. It's not go right ahead. No, no, uh, Jesus, I'm going to do it your way and as you have laid out here in your book. Look at verse 16. You didn't choose me, but I chose you, branches, and appointed you to go and bear, what does it say? What did Jesus appoint us to do? Lasting fruit. Fruit that makes a difference. Jesus appointed us, chose us to have these two baskets represent our lives. That's his plan. That's his will. That's his desire for each and every one here. And, and can I just say, these baskets are available to every follower of Jesus. Why is that? Because you have the same Holy Spirit that I have. You have the same Holy Spirit that, pick your favorite, Billy Graham, John MacArthur, David Jeremiah, uh, Andy Stanley. I don't care who you pick, you have the same Holy Spirit they have. And his desire is for us to get into these two baskets. Um, and this isn't in my notes, but I would just argue um, if you're doing it God's way, you're going to have seasons here and seasons here, and, and you just got to be connected and say, okay, Lord, now the amount of fruit you want to produce in me, we'll, uh, we'll let you decide which basket I'm going to wind up in. So here's my question. Are you ready? Which of these baskets best represents your life? If, if you were just dead honest and you could be anonymous and we wouldn't call you out on it, if you were honest, is, is your life best represented today in one of these two baskets? You're not alone. <laughs> in that survey, what was it? 85% of people said, this is me? How long has it been that way? How long have you been in one of these baskets down here? 
Has it been a week? Has it been a month? Has it been a year? Has it been your lifetime? Where, where you're regularly in one of these two baskets? Can I, can I just say very clearly, it doesn't have to be that way. That's not God's plan for your life or mine. That's not how he's designed us. He wants us to move up a basket. His desires, if you're here, okay, Lord, I'm going to start getting connected and staying connected. How often? Daily. And, and I want to, by your grace, by being connected with you, by allowing your Holy Spirit and your nutrients and your power to flow through, I, I want to move up a basket, or I want to go here, or I'm ready to go there. <laughs> Ira and Ann Yates look like poor, destitute, desperate, about-to-lose-everything ranchers. And that was the truth. That was their reality. And I just want you to know, some of us were living just the same way. We're behaving as though we're broken and tired and worn out and empty. But the truth is, Ira and Ann Yates were living on top of vast, riches. They, they weren't broke. They were actually, what they owned made them multi-millionaires. And here's what I want you to know, my friends, and you are my friends, fellow followers of Jesus, you're not broke either. You're not powerless. You've got vast riches. I would argue everyone who knows Jesus here today you are a multi-billionaire, spiritually speaking. We are rich in and because and through and as we stay connected to the vine, Jesus Christ. King Jesus has sent his Holy Spirit and as we tap into the nutrients and the power of his spirit, the lasting fruit, the life-changing power makes it obvious. It makes it obvious to everybody, and it makes it obvious to us, I belong to Jesus. How do I know that? Because I've been connected to Jesus, and as I daily stay connected, there's evidence. I see fruit. And I also know that I glorify and honor and make God the Father look good. Isn't it time, isn't it time that you start drilling down and taking advantage of the riches and the power and the fruit that Jesus has given? Why, why are we content living as paupers, like we're desperate and destitute and we're just beggars? That, no, no, excuse me. But if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, you're a child of the King of kings and the Lord of lords. He doesn't want us living that way. Here is your identity. Here is your position. Here is your calling to live here. You ready to drill down? <laughs> Are you willing to do whatever it takes to drill down and start daily getting connected to Jesus and his spirit? Bow your heads. Shut your eyes as we close. 
would you just quietly invite the Lord to show you, Lord, which of those four baskets best, most honestly represents my life right now, today? Might have been in a different basket a month ago, a year ago, a decade ago. But Lord, would you make it clear? I really want to hear from you. Which, which of these baskets best represents me? And I'm listening. Would you make yourself clear right now? Help me not to grade too hard or too easy. I want an accurate reading on where I'm at right now. Are you satisfied with your fruit level? Are you okay with the basket you're in? Is, is the Lord okay with the basket you're in? What kind of riches and power and fruit have you seen recently as a result of your life? Very possible 85% of us today, if we were just dead honest, would say, you know, it's time to do whatever it takes to get active and focused and passionate about getting connected to the vine daily. Maybe you've believed that lie that you just had to be passive and I'm okay, do whatever you want, Lord. And perhaps you didn't realize, no, no. There's an active role here to every day get connected to Jesus on a daily basis. To drink deeply from his spirit. And then the next day to repeat. Making that a godly habit. Anybody say, Lord, I'm not content with the basket that currently represents my life. Matter of fact, Lord, there's kind of a holy discontent and I want to move up a basket and that only happens, Lord, as I stay connected to your son, Jesus. The whole point of this illustration is nothing is going to happen unless we're connected to the vine. Unless every single day and we can even go more specific every single hour, we stay connected to Jesus and get full of his spirit. Question, anyone say, I'm not happy, I'm not content. I'm not satisfied with the basket I'm currently in. And Lord, by your grace, I'm going to do my part to get connected to you starting today. And I want to move up a basket so that the Father gets glory, so that he looks real good. As, as, as people watch and see my life, they say, wow, look at the gardener at work. And so that I can know, that I know, that I know, that I know 
that I belong to Jesus because I can see the evidence. Here's my question. Anybody say, Lord, see my hand. I'm not content moving up a basket by your grace. Who'd say that to the Lord? Who else? Yeah. You can hold it up. Don't need to be ashamed if that's the desire of your heart. Yeah. Who else would say, I want to move up a basket? (laughs) Anybody? Okay. I want to close a little bit unusual. I'm going to pray for you, but I guess I'd like to have you pray with me, especially for those of you who just raised your hand, and there's lots of you. You're not alone. But I'm going to kind of lead you in a prayer, and if you're willing, um, I'd like you to out loud with your own mouth repeat what I'm going to say. So uh, would you do that? Lord, thank you for my friends who are raising their hands. And again, if you raised your hand and if you uh, are ready to respond, I'm just telling you, quiet, secret, all-by-myself decisions rarely last. (laughs) It's the decisions that I make that are public that usually last. So right now, here we go. Jesus, I'm not content. Would you just say that with me? Jesus, I'm not content because I'm hungry and thirsty to see your riches, to see your power, to see your fruit to increase in my life. Lord, I want to start that right now today. Uh, Lord, if there's something in my life that needs to get adjusted to get connected with you daily, would you make that clear? Because I want you to be the priority. Because I want you to be the passion, whatever it takes. It's my desire and intent, Lord, to move up a basket in fruitfulness in the days ahead. I want your power and your spirit flowing through my mouth, flowing through my hands, flowing through my activity, and I want the Father to get glory. And I want to have the evidence that I can see for me evidence of fruit. Thanks, Lord. You're awesome. Thanks for making things real clear and understandable to us. The one who uh, gave us such clear instruction, who wants us to be fruitful, who wants to empower us, who doesn't want us to live destitute beggars is the one we close by singing and worshiping the beautiful name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Would you stand?